Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. So I got Joel here. Joel was an artist for Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Um, and yep. some shenanigans happened at AKA, man. So I want to know, what was that first, not how you got into AKA, man, but I want to know, how did you get to, to drawing, I guess? Like, did you have this initial spark? Was like, man, I'm going to be an animator for the rest of my life. Did you like to draw when you were a kid or how'd that come about? Yeah, I just drew as a kid. Um, I mean, I'm, I just turned 48. So when, uh, when I was a kid, we didn't, I mean, we just had television um, mm-hmm. and we just had Saturday morning cartoons and, uh, and, you know, in the late seventies, early eighties, it was, you know, pretty few and far between. So anytime I needed to relive cartoons or comic books, and I lived in uh, like a hick town, in Canada so we didn't really have a lot of stuff like the stores weren't it's nowhere near the way it's like right now with yeah. you know you can get any anything anywhere the world was much bigger because you couldn't get stuff um so I guess what I'm leading to is that I had to draw yeah. to relive things right so and I was just drawing superheroes super friends and uh, I really loved like peanuts and like Snoopy and I uh, love Garfield all that 80s stuff and star wars and uh yeah and mr t i drew mr t so many times and like when i was in grade three i remember selling drawings to people of et and and garfield and mr t (laughs) but yeah like 25 cents for a drawing um and then yeah you know um i just grew up i was pretty active kid like i was i I wasn't like like i drew a lot but i was also outside a lot yeah. Um, so, you know, I was a skateboarder for from the 80 early mid 80s to like, I like to say the early 2000s and then like. Uh, and then drawing was always something that I just kind of fell back on, mm-hmm. you know, being a kid, like it wasn't my like number one priority. My number one priority was like having fun. So. Yeah. Um, but in high school, I really flourished with drawing um, a lot of the skateboard. I really sort of credit a lot to skateboarding because skateboarding, the skateboard graphics um, was very counterculture um, and it was just the deck graphics. And, uh, you know, we used to look at a lot of heavy metal magazines and, uh, and yeah. And then I, I started caricaturing people like when I was, you know, like 14 and, um, and then, you know, I moved around and moved to different cities and, Um, and in high school like grade 12 or so I think Lion King came out and then I was just blown away by Lion King yeah and uh, my grad quote was that I was an animator so I mean that's when I knew yeah I was going to be an animator and then I went to animation school in 95 Mm -hmm. and uh, in Vancouver um, there was a only a couple of schools handful of schools like Canada's pretty like quite behind 
on a lot of things compared to the States, but we, we started because, because we're West coast, we're like Hollywood North, they call us. So mm-hmm. we would get a lot of work from, you know, the States, um, LA, cause that's where everything was done. It was LA. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we got work too. And then Toronto did a lot of animation too. So a lot of people from Toronto moved over to Vancouver. So mm-hmm. Vancouver became kind of like this little, um, Vancouver or, uh, animation thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's when it started. 96 is when it started for me. So there's a few things I wanted to circle back to, cause I was never very good. Like my favorite trick back in the day, I loved half cabs, right? I love, I love the pop shove it when it came to skateboarding like that was my favorite trick right of all time yeah like it's yeah. one of those ones you could bust it out and it was super easy but if you were really technical about it you could make yeah. it look a lot more sexier than it really was and, yeah yeah uh you know it was my go to you gotta catch school. it in the air right yeah you gotta catch it when you scoop it you gotta make sure you, it's it's almost like whenever you're doing any kind of flip trick um yeah. you really gotta scoop it at the beginning and then you really gotta let your feet just get the fuck out of the way or you're going to smash some ankles or it's just going to look small or it's going to look shitty and then you're going to fall. Um, But uh, I'm so glad you brought this up because graphics on decks were some of the coolest things. Like nobody ever really bought a deck that looked like shit. And if you did, you were just doing it to be a dick. Um, But what were some of your favorite companies back then? But more importantly, who was your favorite skater really following and growing up? Well, my, my biggest period was the eighties, the late eighties, early nineties. So like, when I first like hit the ground running or, or hit the ground skating was um, yeah. The bones brigade days. Yeah. So like Lance mountain, Tony Hawk, Mike McGill, Steve Caballero, Tommy Guerrero, Jim Thibault, um, all those guys. And back then it was uh, the Powell graphics, like the bones rip, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That was like big for me, that, that graphic, you know, it's just something that, clicked and and to this day it's just still like I, I i i based a lot of my early art on his uh vc johnson's uh shading style yeah um but yeah my favorite skater was lance mountain um yeah. in those days because lance mountain was like the the most relatable of of the bones brigade mm-hmm. and tommy guerrero too because he was three and you know, in medicine, well, Medicine Hat, that's where I grew up. I don't know if you've ever heard of that town, Medicine Hat, Alberta in, in Canada. Yeah. Um, we didn't have anything. We didn't have any skate parks and like, it was just, uh, uh, yeah, the street. So Tommy Guerrero was relatable and Lance Mapp was relatable because he was a clown. Like he, he did, he just did stupid stuff and he was always putting wigs on his head and like, he was doing rail slides on curbs and like falling on his butt and, and pretending he was dead. And like, <laughs> he had these like parts where he like stayed and like he'd put a hat on weird and be all weird. And and then there was like Tony Hawk and he was doing like Mick twists and you know I'm like ah, I, I can't even relate to that. And then Mike McGill was just kind of uh, like a jock, jock in my eyes. I don't know. He just wasn't very interesting. And then Cab was cool because he, I don't know, he was smaller. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But Tony Hawk was like, he couldn't even, couldn't even attain any of that, you know? But like Tommy Burrow and Lance Mountain, it felt like you related to them more. So th- those are my favorite guys. Yeah, my, my, my guy, and I got to meet Tony Hawk when I was like 13 or 14. Um, 
softest handshake I've ever felt in my life. I just remember shaking his hand. I'm like, oh, what the fuck just happened? Like, I yeah. go up there, you meet you here, and you're like, I'm going to shake this man's hand. He's going to know what kind of guy I am, right? I go to shake his hand. I'm like, yeah. oh, it, it, it went, I don't know if you can really see. Let me see. It was like one of these these type of things. I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. okay, this is this is what this is. Um, but, I really I really respect him, though, because he, I remember people hating him. Yeah. Um, because he was, it was he, his, he didn't have a very appealing style, and everybody thought um, he sold out. Boy had the best style, right? So, yeah, and but he, everybody hated him, and he just kept going, and he was the best. Like you can't, you can't deny it, he was the best. So he just, uh, he just posted on in, either Instagram or Twitter, him doing a seven twenty at like fucking almost fifty years old. I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ, bro, like slow down. Yeah. You don't need any more money. You don't need any more pussy. I was like, save some for everybody else is trying to come up in the world, bro. Like it, it, it's it, like, I love, like I, everybody thought he sold out when he, when I was younger and stuff. I'm like, no, fuck that. I loved his video games. No, I right. loved the movies he was putting on. Yeah. I loved all of these, these skaters. Like my favorite yeah. skater of all time was Rodney Mullen. I loved yeah. what Rodney did, like the fucking king of street. Right. And then just yep. to see tony amass all of these people and put all of these skaters that only you know real fans or real skaters knew and then put them on the mainstream on a fucking video game back i spent and wasted so many goddamn hours and i went and bought 40 dollars worth of it last year during the pandemic yeah. when they remastered yeah. tony hawk pro skater one and two i instantly yeah. bought that shit so i've been playing that i played that shit all last year so i wasted yeah. more hours as an adult so my, I mean, the man's got my money he's got my respect i mean he, what he did for skateboarding and what, like i said for these these skateboarders that weren't a tony hawk name brought these guys even though we knew him as deep cut fans brought him up with them i was like i'm just nothing but amazed and nothing but respect for the man oh yeah 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 it, it did a lot for the the industry you know what i mean like it it it, it elevated people like money wise it, ele it elevated um you know names like um I'm blanking on a, lo a lot of those names jamie thomas you know think like people like that became household names i think um mike blaley was another one i mean up until they saw the blaley, yeah. of mike blaley beating the shit out of people that you know i don't even on know yeah, he just took his took his fucking uh, his wife beater off, and he's just douche douche. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? He's just fighting people, and then you see the bus driver running over trying to snatch him up. I'm like, is this real? And they're like, oh, you see the dudes get broken noses and all this other crazy. It's he had a rough go amazing. too. What's he up? He had a rough go too because he yeah he 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 was kind of out of fashion. Like that's in the early '90s, skateboarding was like really cutthroat and like cruel. Um, and it was the the birth of the jackass era, and it was the uh, world industry's time. And skateboarders were thugs, man. Like there was a, bro a magazine called Big Brother, mm -hmm. and it was basically like a porn mag that was on like the mainstream shelf. And like it was a crazy time. But like Vallely's got this style. He, he kind of he's really really good, but he's not. He was kind of out of fashion, and mm -hmm. I think he a lot of people like. Um, mocked him yeah because he was still going to street contests so he would just fight people beat people up like <laughs> yeah. so yeah hey give me uh one second all right and we're back all right so we talked about your 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 uh your introduction into animation how you really got into it and i want to know one question because I, I thought about it a little bit ago um have you seen any of those pictures that you would do in school that you would sell for 25 cents here and there have you seen those oh. has anybody come up to you and say hey man i got this from you when i was a kid you want to sign it no no i haven't no no man, you got some really uh, shitty friends back in elementary school that you probably <laughs> <don't> anymore, <bro. laughs> 
no, I'm curious though. I mean, I got some old sketchbooks, but they're pr- pretty funny. Just a lot of Garfield and <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, man. So, uh, so let's 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 uh, segue just a little bit, man. I don't I don't ever like sure. trying to direct this stuff, but uh, one of the comments I got not too long ago was like, man, you should really keep on topic or you should really be talking about the stuff you bring these guys on for. I'm like, no, fuck that, man. I want to, I want to know more about what you guys do and how you got to work. The journey of getting to a place is just as cool as the destination, in my opinion. And it never feels organic because I'm, you guys have done thousands of these. I'm sure like, Oh, what was your favorite episode? Oh, what's under double D's hat. That question's coming fucking later at this point. Right. So it always fucking happens. I always reach out to people and say, Hey, what would you ask these guys? So we always do the questions at the end. But nonetheless, man, so we we talked about Lion King and how how influential that movie was. And you're like, I'm going to write this shit in my yearbook. I'm going to be an animator. You wrote that shit mm-hmm. down. You realized it. You put it out in the universe. You're a fucking animator now, Joel. I mean, <laughs> is this shit crazy. To, I, I mean, imagine it's fucking crazy. If I were thinking like one day I'm going to be a basketball player. And then one day I turn out to be a basketball player. And I'm like, yeah, Holy shit. I did that. Was that going through your head at all? Or you're just like, man, fuck it. This is what we're doing now. Going with the flow. Uh, like, am I surprised that I got there because I, I wanted say, to get there? I don't want to say so much surprise, but when you really think about it, did you think you'd be on, I don't want to say just on Cartoon Network's longest and my no. opinion, best show. Did you think you would take it to the heights that you wanted to as a kid? Or do you, have you surpassed your expectations? I guess is what I was really asking. Uh, I honestly, I had no, had no plan because I got, when I got out of high school, just still skateboarding and working like odd jobs and um and it was like a I had a retail job but I was working at like a you know in the early 90s streetwear it was called streetwear and it was like you know fresh jive and uh skate brands and it was like you know the whole thing like with rap was pretty big and it was like cypress hill was really big so there's a lot of like weed marijuana stuff was new and shirt like shirts with weed yeah. on it and so i worked in one of those shops and there was times when it was just dead and i would just draw my sketchbook mm. and i've actually developed a lot during that time and i got a lot of t-shirt design work so then i sort of saw that because i had no you know that back then it's just high school and the art you do for school people saying yeah that's a that's great art but then i got some t-shirt design work and the shirt the shirts sold like crazy and then i got like a couple other t-shirt jobs with some snowboard companies and other shop other skate shops and then i said you know what i think i can do this so then i just applied for for film school mm. and they just let anyone in anyway because <laughs> They do, man. Like it's crazy. Like there were so many people there that were not that should not have been there. But, yeah, and it almost felt like they were just taking the money. Um, but you never know because some people are, you know, they find their way because they can, you know, they can get into school and be like, ah, you know what, I love drawing, but not that much, so I'll just work in production, <laughs> you know, or I'll work, work in sound or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Honestly, my, my sights weren't that, I, I wasn't that long term. I wasn't that long term of a thinker. Like I was just like, I need a better job. <laughs> That's all. And then I, you know, back then it was animation was booming. Cause it was like Brandon Stimpy, um, 
but it was kind of on the way out because it was littlest little mermaid was it, or littlest mermaid i can't remember little, little mermaid. mermaid yeah little mermaid uh, was like broke it broke the barrier in the mid or ladies i think or mm-hmm. and like toy story just come out so it was kind of like animation was a hot thing but I just entered it when it was not, it was dying. Yeah. And uh, so, so yeah. Kept going. Is that, is that what you're I saying? I got in there with a dream just to be like, oh, I can make lots of money in animation. And then I got in there and yeah, it was, it was fun. It was good. And I kind of fell in love with it at, at school. Right. I, did, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I had no idea what storyboards were. Nothing. Nothing. So, so what you're saying, Joel, is the industry was dying and you brought it back to life. That's what I'm hearing, Joel. That's what I'm going to take from this, this conversation. It is Joel Dickey yeah. brought back animation. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it was like, I mean, because it was 96 and then about 99 mm-hmm. is when I went to AKA. So, um, and that was right around when Cartoon Network was born. Yeah. So I think Ed and Ed was one of the first Cartoon Network shows. Yeah, it was, uh, it was for sure one of the ones off of the What a Cartoon. Um, you had had like Dexter's Lab. Um, I, I don't know if Powerpuff Girls had, had started, but Cow and Chicken mm-hmm. I know was in production at that time. I think Ed and Eddie came out to that. No, not 2000, excuse me, 99. And then it ended about 2008, 2009. So you guys, I think, are still the longest running cartoon and of that era because there's a couple cartoons. I, I got out of cartoons um, shortly after I joined the Navy, which was shortly after Ed and Eddie wrapped up. Um, and I was brought back into it around 2013, 2014. I don't know if you watch cartoons now, but have you ever seen the show regular show? I've seen a little bit of it. Yeah. Not, not much. Dude. Like I'm, I'm telling like everybody always looks weird. Whenever I say I'm going to watch this show it's, it's the greatest thing since the Ed boys, when cartoon oh, network yeah. lost you guys, shows sucked everything started looking the same they were using this it looked like they had a stencil for every cartoon man you guys had such a unique feel vibe and it came from the writing and it came from the art and even though like i've heard um mike said it Jono said it even big jim has said it like you guys worked on such small scripts because danny was an animator danny was a cartoonist he wanted the art driven stories he didn't want a whole bunch of words taking up what art was doing you know he wanted you guys to really shine and stuff like that um and getting into that man when you got to aka was it something i gotta imagine it's something you probably slid right into as far as like feel and vibe because you come from that skating community and that aka vibe Uh from everything that i've heard is a very punk rock-esque feel and vibe to it man so did you fit right in or was it a little bit of an adjustment period uh i fit in um it was an attitude for sure mm-hmm. um and it was there was a vibe and i dug the vibe um it was really sink or swim though like it was not for the faint of heart mm-hmm. um you know danny's a very honest person um and um yeah and he's punk rock um and i didn't fit in art wise mm-hmm. because uh i just didn't didn't know how to do it that well yeah um and i wasn't i didn't didn't get it for um until season two of ed ed and eddie season one was pretty pretty rough for me so i was kind of like a uh not bottom but learning mm-hmm. yeah um 
Scott Underwood was probably the top of the tier as far as the board artists go, I would say. Yeah, and Big Jim was saying, like, he was, he was like, don't take this the wrong way. He was like, I hated that guy sometimes. And I was like, really, why? And he was like, he was so fucking good. Like, he was telling me the story that Scott had broken his arm or something like that. And he was drawing everything with his left hand. And it was like, yeah. you could tell it wasn't, you know, his normal art. But he was like, it was so fucking good. You're just like, this is somebody's, like, best work. But it's doing it with his fucking left hand. And it was like, it's insane. Um, so I, I've yep. heard I've heard how great he was, but that's not to diminish anything you did, man, because you had such a huge part in this car in this cartoon, this entire series. I mean, the Ed Boys wouldn't be the Ed Boys without what you guys did, man. So whether yeah. it was Scott, whether it was you, whether it was Big Jim, whether it was Danny, man, you guys were in the trenches on a consistent basis, on a day to day basis. Yeah. Um, when you said it was very, very difficult, especially that first season, what was difficult about it? Was it just, it was just such a huge learning experience or a huge learning gap because you're coming from animation school to a cartoon that's just pumping shit out? Was it the pace? Was it just trying to get what, cause I hear all the time that Danny would leave you guys posted notes that says, did you draw this with your ass or, you know, yep. insert whatever one here. So I got to imagine that was a big part of, you know, just trying to catch up with everybody else. But what was the yep. most difficult thing for you when you were coming into this? Uh, I was overcoming my own, like, it was like personal stuff because I was, because the place it, it was really art. Like it was truly art because we, he gave us so much rope and so much creative freedom that um, it was really sink or swim. So if you didn't get it, it was very obvious, but like another, like another show, uh, like on a different show or, or most shows, you get a script and you just you storyboards on the script and then they tweak what you storyboarded and they make it the best they can and then they release it. But with Ed and Nettie, it, it wasn't a script. It was an outline. So a script, like a script for a, an 11 minute show would be like 15 pages. Yeah. But we were given three pages. That's insane. Um, and so all that stuff that you see is like truly there's little bits and pieces from all of us in there. Mm -hmm. And it, we were actually the most excited when we got a little bit of dialogue in there. Yeah. But we came up with like the situations and, you know, or Danny would say, you know, funnier you know, we need funnier. So you throw it back at us and we go, okay, let's make it funnier. And we just go as far as we could within the parameters. Um, but yeah, like my, my struggle was just like, you know, confidence. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I was like early twenties. I was on the make, you know, <laughs> I was drinking a lot, partying a lot. My priorities are different. Like if I could go back, I would like to, you know, I wouldn't want to change a thing, but, you know, we spent so much time in that studio, like seven days a week, mm -hmm. wasted a lot of time, but like our working hours, like we would catch our creative uh, role at the weirdest times, like in the middle of the night, pulling all nighters all the time. And yeah, it was crazy. But like, yeah, I think mine was just confidence. Yeah. That was my biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, you know, just kept at it didn't give up and then one one board i just kind of got it just figured it out yeah got tricked i basically learned 
Um, yeah. And that's, you know, Underwood would sit with us and like, like teach us. And he was younger than all of us. <laughs> and he's just like teaching us. It's, it's insane. Like I said, the stories that I've heard just from what you guys would do to blow off steam, like wrestling matches would have magically or would just abruptly break out, you know, to blow off steam or you guys would go out to, <laughs> I'll tell you off air. I, I had a Christmas episode and uh, I had it with Mike and Jono and we sat there and we watched the entire episode together and we were just talking back and forth. It's like a watch along party. Um, I can't air that because whoever owns the copyrights to Ed, Ed and Eddie, um, audio was heard in the background. So YouTube flagged it immediately and I can't put it out there. But oh. he told me a story about how that came together that I won't say here, but I will tell you after, you know, after we hit pause and everything like that, where it's not sure. recorded because those guys are, you know, still under contract and they could probably get into some shit. Um, nothing bad happened. It's just a funny fucking story. Um, yep. but, uh, uh, fuck man, where was I going with this point? Oh, no, just blowing off steam and shit. Um, so you, you guys, the stories that I would hear from smashing a, uh, a radio yep. and then you just yep. jumping in and beating the shit out of it um, to you guys would just wrestle or, you know, the, the Friday entire night wrestling. What's that? It was every Friday we'd wrestle. <laughs> and then we would have every Friday we would have arm, arm wrestling competitions mm -hmm. Um, and like Woody was James Wooten was the funniest guy, man. Cause he would cheat. <laughs> and it was so funny. Uh, and we had this, you know, you know what, um, you know, that exercise where you, where you, I think it's called planking when you go on the ground yeah. and you're on your knee and yeah. you try to keep your butt up. Mm -hmm. We had this, co these competitions, I think it's called planking. Have you heard this one? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> uh, well, Woody put like a, a big pole down his body and he like walked in all <laughs> of his pants and up his shirt and he like taped it around his waist and like he won he blew everyone out of the water and then he revealed this big like stick down his pants and like up, up the side of his body <laughs> so he didn't like his butt didn't drop so funny oh man that is there was fucking another story where where woody gave john young another board artist um some batteries for his, his tape cassette Walkman. <laughs> and he said, if you don't pay me back for those batteries, you know, what's the price? And he says, if I don't, if I don't pay you back, I'll shave every hair on my body. And then he didn't pay him back the next day he came to work and he shaved his eyebrows, his head, his face, his chest, his legs, his, of course, his crotch. <laughs> And then there was a like there was a cola drinking contest between John Young and Scott Underwood, and they were like barfing in the bathroom, <laughs> just barfing, because you can't drink like a lot a lot of coke like, they're just chugging coke and barfing. Does that work? I I like I like I said at the beginning, man. I've had five or six of you guys on four or five of you guys somewhere around there, and. You guys are my favorite people to have on, man. You guys are not only so giving with your time, but you're giving with stories. And like I tell everybody, I don't do this shit to get clickbait or just to have somebody look at me. Yeah, I want people to watch this shit um, because mm. I really enjoy talking to you guys because you guys made – it's not just about the show, man. You, you guys – you guys did something with this show that was so transformative for so many people like myself, man. You guys gave us an escape to laugh at. Like 
and when yeah. you're watching Ed, Ed and Eddie, you can relate to these kids, right? So when you have cartoons yeah. that are that are based around kids your age, very rarely do they act like kids your age. They're either acting very very adult for their age or very very young for their age. It's never right on right on the dot. And you guys yeah. had it, even though that everybody looked different. There was not one character that was the same. There was nothing conventional about this show. But that's what life is, man. Nothing is conventional about life. Nothing is conventional about friendships. I grew up on a cul-de-sac for a few years. There was people that reminded me there was the the immigrant family down the street that just just moved to the States that reminded me of Rolf. Not so much in the sense that the fucker's crazy like Rolf was. Um, Yeah. But it, it, it's that 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 s. Then you got the yeah, yeah. you got the kid that's like a car salesman, like Eddie. You've got the dumb one that's like Ed. You've got the super brainiac that's into fucking label making. Every single thing in his room. You have all of these fucking eclectic characters on your street. And I'm just sitting here, and I don't know if it was life imitating art or art imitating life. I don't know what it was that this show just imprinted, and I just saw all this shit. And I'm probably thinking I'm thinking more introspective now about it than I would have back then. But okay. thinking of like thinking about it now, it's just like this shit was so far ahead of its time. And I think a lot of and the reason I bring this up is a lot of the reasons that you guys are so great as as people um, is you guys built something as as far as family goes with this studio. You guys were sitting here fucking wrestling. You were just telling me a story about a guy who went so far to cheat. He put us he put a brace inside of his shirt and his pants so he would not yeah. fucking lose it. And another guy shaving his entire body for bat yeah. a Walkman, ladies and gentlemen, is something that you would do with your cassette. Or I had a CD player back in the day, so you'd put batteries yeah. in there, usually double A's, and then you'd have to get them charged, or you have to buy new ones and all this other shit. So it was a fucking hassle. Yeah. Everybody these days has it easy because you just plug your yeah. phone into the goddamn wall. Um, but that's why you guys are so fucking fun to interview because you guys are always fun. You're always entertaining. You're always giving with your time, man. And like I said, Thank you for that, man. I don't know why I had to interrupt you to tell you this, but I really appreciate when I have people that come on that want to talk or that want to tell a story or they're so infatuated with the time that they grew up, not so much in, in the real world, but as a professional or somebody that's trying to master their craft, like you were trying to do, you were trying to make it as an animator. You were trying to follow that quote that you put in your yearbook, man, and you were doing it. And like yeah. I said, you guys have got great fucking stories, man. But something I wanted to circle back to, because you were saying seven days a week, hours were ridiculous. What would a normal day, as far as like pen to paper or pencil to paper, what would a normal day as far as drawing goes for you look like? On Ed, Ed and Eddie? Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Like if you tallied up the hours, <laughs> maybe 10 but like there were some days like the, the crazy thing about Ed and Ed and Eddie is that well in Vancouver, Vancouver had like a, a it's a small town, a small city, especially the animation industry. And the, the, the standard was like four weeks, five weeks for a story. Okay. And it didn't pay very well. Like it was like a oh it's it was pretty good. But like we got, and Canadian money is so much less than American money. Mm-hmm. And I think in the nineties, it might've been even more of a gap. Yeah. But, uh, and Danny was an, Danny is an artist and he knows, he, he knew the, the money side and he knew the art side mm-hmm. and he was like a champion for the artist. So he got a show with 
an American company, Cartoon Network. So directly Cartoon Network and us. Mm. So there was no middleman and there was, and we were just a tiny boutique of a, of a shop. So we were getting paid American money mm-hmm. and we were getting seven weeks for Star Wars. So like the first week of doing a storyboard, we just didn't do anything. <laughs> we just didn't, because we, because we burnt out, like we were burnt out or, or we were blown off steam and we'd have liquid lunches all the time, like come to work drunk and it was insane. Yeah. So I think if you tallied it up, it was probably a normal work day, (laughs) but there was a lot of like blowing steam and um, realizing, oh shit, I only have two weeks to do this. And I haven't, I haven't been doing anything, you know, like there was sometimes where some days where it's just a blank piece of paper and I'm just like, fuck, I don't know what to do because the script isn't telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. So we were like scribbling, I don't know. And then, like some, we were really in the dark a lot of the time. Like, I remember we, because it was two weeks to do thumbnails, and you know what I mean by thumbnails, right? Like, um, no, we would do our oh, oh, the, panels. The, the the title the title uh, cards, or was that something different? When you do storyboards, you're you're drawing in panels, right? You're drawing in yeah. squares, yeah. like comics that right? represent television screen, and um when you do your storyboard, you don't want to draw the storyboard really clean first. You want to draw it. You want to kind of throw shit at the wall and see what, like you want to just kind of play it out in rough forms. Cause yeah. storyboards are kind of crazy because you throw out, you, you throw a lot of stuff out. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is trial and error, trial by fire. So we would do two weeks and then we have a, a thumbnail meeting with Danny. We would look at all of our ideas so ideally it would be from beginning to end a really rough format like if you think about writing like if you're going to write something you're not going to write your story uh super well right away you know what i mean you're going to write it really rough and kind of go oh you know what this sucks throw out i've tried it once i'll try it again try it again try it again try it again and then you know eventually you get there but there were times you know after five weeks we would present our storyboard like a disney Mm-hmm. Walt Disney. I'm sure you have. They told you that we presented them orally. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we our... Line up all the boards and stuff, and then everybody from the studio would come in, and then they'd walk through yeah. scene by scene. Yeah. And there was times where it's just like, no, not doesn't work. Mm. And then we had two weeks to fix it. And you know, I'd been through that many times where <laughs> where I presented the storyboard and it just bombed. Like I'm confused. Everyone's like, what? No one's laughing. And it was just, just heartbreaking. Like the highs and the lows at, at AKA were so high and so low. Like it was just horrifying because he put so much work into it. Yeah. And it just got it. And I think art, like storyboarding, art, whatever you're contributing, um, it's much closer to your heart, you know, like and if it doesn't work. Um, and depending on your personality, you might take it personally. Uh, you might really take it hard and you don't know how to pick yourself back up, but it was, it was hard. It was super hard. And like, he just did not settle for, um, mediocre. perfection. So, um, I mean, he wasn't like Danny, he, he wanted you to have your own voice and do, yeah. do things. It just had to be funny. 
So it's not like he want, we had to read his mind and make it a certain way. It just had to be funny and had to follow the parameters of the show. Yeah, I mean... And if it was confusing and boring, then it's not working. You got to start again. <laughs> and you only got two weeks. With, uh, when you guys were storyboarding, this is something I wish I would have asked a lot earlier than I'm asking now, especially since I've had... Yeah. You're the second artist I've had on the show so far. Um, yeah. As far as... because. I didn't know what you meant by thumbnails, but when, once you said storyboard and putting everything up, I'd heard that yep. story. But for, for the listeners that might not be super nerdy or, or that have really listened to too much of the animation side just yet, hopefully with this channel that there'll be more uh, listeners that are just going to become avid fans because animation just goes so deep. Um, I've got a book. To, if you, if, do you like, uh, this is going to sound like I'm at, I'm going to sound like an asshole asking this, Joel. Do you like to read for fun? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm, I've, I read more. I no, I don't actually. I I was never a reader. No. Okay. Um, but now I have kids and I read them stories and it's actually I don't I like it. So yeah, it's well, this one. The only reason I bring it up <laughs> if is if I read a book, I would say no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll throw this one out there because this one was actually I don't know if you would have run into him. I know uh, he knew Danny and it was on his way out when um when he when he was when Danny was coming in. Fred was kind of on the way out. Do you know a guy by the name of Fred Seibert? No, okay, so he was the last yeah. Hanna-Barbera president. He brought in the What a Cartoon. So he brought in Jendi that did Dexter's Lab, that went and did Samurai Jack, uh, that did Primal. Um, he brought in David Weiss, which did Cow and Chicken. Um, Seth MacFarlane was on that show as well, the creator of Family Guy and American Dad, Cleveland Show, um, The Orville, all those other things. Um, so he was the guy that kind of brought in the renaissance or the rebirth, if you will, of uh, American animation. Uh, because nobody had really done it, you know, quite some time that well. And they were trying to introduce characters and cartoons and all this other crazy shit. Um, but yeah. he recommended a book. And I'm going to tell you right now, it is extremely dense. I don't know if you'll like it, but it is about your profession as far as animation cartoons go. And just the history. Yeah. of it. um, It's called Of Mice and Magic. Um, it's by a Leonard Malton. I'll send you a picture of it after we get off of here if you want to check okay. it out. Um, I had sure. to buy it on a thrift, thriftybooks.com because Amazon didn't carry it in Kindle. Amazon didn't carry it at all. Um, it's been out of print since the nineties. I spent four bucks on it. It's, it's like yeah. 300 pages. I'm telling you it's dense as fuck, but the, the level of detail that they go from how animation started to how animation's done now to the mid nineties at that point. Um, and then everything in between from copyrights to people doing this, to people doing that, it is fascinating. I've learned so much more than what I knew before. And then talking to you guys always learn something new, but one thing mm -hmm. like I said, that, that brought this up is when you guys would storyboard for the entire, um, the entire studio, how many storyboards would go into a 15 minute, 20 minute cartoon that you guys would do? I mean, is that hundreds? Is that less thousands maybe? Like I mean, or panels. Yeah. Like how many, so what does an, what does a storyboard look like for the listeners? I mean, are, cause you said you're going small. I'm going to assume it's a lot more like a comic book esque, very rough stretch right. with the comic panels. Um, yep. but when you guys would take up the storyboards, how many panels, I guess, would go into a, a, a cartoon and then how many boards would you fit or how many panels would you fit per board? Right. Um, well, in those days, in the, in the early 90s, it was or late 80s or early 90s, oh, late 90s, early 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, it was paper and okay. they had three squares on the paper. Mm -hmm. And then each square was the TV screen. What you would see, we would draw the background and the characters moving in in the 
in that, that panel. So we called them panels and then there were pages. So pages for an 11 minute episode, there was probably like 180 pages, maybe 200 pages sometimes. Okay. And that's average or is that on the higher side? That's higher side. Okay. But we, um, AKA we put a lot of, um, into a lot of details into our storyboard. Um, some of the some of the boards are almost animated. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the industry standard now. Um, but the storyboards back then, uh, they could be like 120 pages with yeah. barely any information. And then it was up to the next department to to figure out all the details or whatever. But we would put tons of tons of tons of details in our storyboards. So that because um, it was animated in Korea, yeah. Um, and season one was actually the layout was done in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and they moved the layout to Korea eventually. So we had to basically um, send out our blueprints, which a storyboard is for a cartoon, is a blueprint, mm-hmm. and we had to make it, you know, for people that don't understand English. Yeah. So. That's, or, it, it's insane, yeah. like what you guys did and what you guys accomplished. Like I said, man, the, the stories could consistently just go and go and go. I mean, if you really sit here and th- Joel, I need you to write a book, man. I think a fucking book from you would be outstanding. I know you said you don't like to read for fun unless it's to your kids, man. But just yeah. the stories alone that I can imagine if you actually sat down, sparked a joint too, and just really reminisced about your times at AKA, man, you could write a New York Times bestseller. That's what you should do for your adult yearbook, man. I'm going to be a New York Times whole, bestselling author. Yeah, I mean, the whole studio would sing sometimes. What? <laughs> like we... Please tell me it was show tunes. <laughs> oh, there's still... Some of it was, like, kind of inappropriate, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> like, there was this guy named Sasan that worked for us and he was Iranian. Um, and we used to sing, who's the hairiest man from Iran? And he was really, he was really handsome. Like he was like, and we were not, none of us were handsome. <laughs> like he was like, it was, oh. And we and Scott was really good at teasing and Scott used to tease Susan. And Susan was like a man and we were all like boys. <laughs> like kids and like we were fat and Sasan was like hot and, and he's he like had the chest hair and he, the beautiful like girlfriend and and we would sing the whole studio would sing who's the hairiest man from Iran and the whole studio would go Sasan um and there was a bunch of, dude there was so many songs man and everyone had a nickname what was your nickname Oh, what was my nickname? Jolie D. It wasn't that funny. Okay. I, I just figured they would go super hardcore since your last name was Dickie. And they'd call you something with, with, with preface and being Dick, whether it be Dickhead or Dick. Yeah, Dick was, like that. All that stuff. But like, my name is already an insult. Like, it's like <laughs> the wind is like, you say my name and it's already a joke. So there's really not much you can do with it. You know, <laughs> everything else is so obvious, but yeah. Anyway. So big Jim, Big Jim's name was born. I think it was born. We made Big Jim's name. That's awesome. Jim. 
Did anybody try to come up with their own nickname? No. No, damn. Because I've I've heard some not not about the show, but like I've had some friends where uh, like oh I introduce them and like oh that's not my name, man. My name is such and such. I'm like, when when did we start calling you that? I've never I've never heard this one before. Yeah, no, it's just like that. I just yeah, made it up. Like <laughs> it was like so, an extension of high school, aka it was crazy. All the best places you ever work, it always feels like like high school or like a time where you're like, oh man, this is like what it was like before I had bills, before I had to worry about what I said, just in case I get fired because you know, I'm going to, I got to keep the fucking lights on. I got to keep the food in. I like to eat. I like that. I'm not out here battling the elements, you know? So when you can kind of shed all of those, all of those, I don't want to say PC because I feel like it brings up too much and it'll make it sound like a lot deeper than it should be. But like when you can get away from boundaries, such as things that are kind of sensitive topics now, and you guys can just be free. I think it's a great creative environment because you guys like when you see somebody else do something, it completely takes the possibility of like, Oh shit, if he can do it, that means I can do it. If I can do it, it means somebody else can do it. And if we can collectively do it, it's going to be collectively better for the entire group. And that's what I feel like when I talk to you guys, like you guys, like I said, and you've said it too. You guys were so open when it came to creativity. You guys were just pushing boundaries. You guys were like, well, this is crazy. Let's see if we can do this. If we can do this, let's do that. And you yeah. guys were just endless. I mean, I'm pretty sure it didn't feel like endless possibilities. I'm pretty sure it felt like, like you were saying, some days you're just looking at the page and you're like, what the fuck am I going to do? I got two weeks to turn this shit in. But pressure does two things, Joel. It either busts your pipes or it creates diamonds. And yeah, yeah. That show was a fucking diamond. No diamond in the rough. It was a diamond right out of the gate, man. Um, and like yeah. I said, a lot of that has to do with you guys' hard work. Um, and as we yeah. transition towards the, I don't want to say towards the end, man, because I'd love to have you come back on down the road. Um, I, I love I loved talking this topic. But whenever I go in and do these shows, the first part is generally, you know, how'd you get your start? How'd you do this? You know, what was it like? And all this other stuff, but I like to open it up because not everybody will get to talk to you. Not everybody will get to talk to big Jim or Mike or Danny or any of these other guys. So if I get to talk to my heroes, man, the least I could do is say, Hey, if you guys could ask anybody, you know, anybody from this show, I put Joel up there, big Jim, you guys specifically, I told big Jim this too. You guys specifically had some of the, the most questions I've ever had for a guest. I mean, we won't get to them all. I mean, th- th- between mm-hmm. the two different posts, there's like 60 plus questions um, that we have here. And a lot of them are, you know, the same oh, yeah. thing that you've been asked, but a lot of them were really, really good. Um, yep. And I asked this to everybody. I know the answer. You're going to roll your eyes because this is probably the single most question you get asked other than the, I don't know if the Comic-Con story was that out there before, but I'm pretty sure this is probably the most frequently asked question, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask it. In your opinion, Joel, What's under Double D's hat? In my opinion? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have an opinion about it because there was never revealed and he drew everything that was under his hat. Mm -hmm. But Danny didn't know and he he knew. None of us knew. (laughs) There's such a fascination and I don't understand it because like I, 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 I live, what's that? Antonucci knew that that would be a fascination. Yeah. And he knew to never let it be revealed. That's why we, you don't reveal things and it keeps people wondering and people interested. Yeah. And it's just a thing that you should never, ever show. Yep. And I, I hope 
and I, I don't think I hope because I know it'll never happen. Um, because I've, I've heard some stories about Danny going, you know, I won't say head to head because it'll make him sound a lot worse um, than I really mean it to. But he would he would fucking die on a hill. It was his show. It was his creation. It was his baby. It was his story to tell. And he wanted to make sure he said every fucking thing he wanted to. And I respect that so goddamn much. And in a place where people fold when green money starts coming out, they're like, well, if you just do this, you know, we'll give you this. Yeah. I'm so glad that there are people out there like him that stick to their fucking laurels and like, no, man, I'm not going to fucking, it's not selling out. And I don't want to make it sound like that, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like he would say like, no, this is my story. This is me. If I only had one chance to tell my story, I would want to make sure I got my sto- side of the story completely out there. I don't give a fuck about anybody else. I want to say what I want to say, because at the end of the day, when I go and I take my last breath, right? I'm like, I know I did everything I possibly could. I said everything I wanted to say. I put everything out there. I did it my way. Yeah. And now I'm here. Nobody else. I don't have any regrets. And I, I fucking love that about, like I said, about AK, about you guys and about Danny specifically. Um, and I know that question, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been asked that question thousands of times. But the last time I didn't ask it, I fucking nothing but messages. You're a dickhead for not asking that. Why didn't you ask that? Because it's always asked, man. I don't want to ask the same fucking question, but I also don't yeah. want to get a whole bunch of messages. We, we don't know. Like, we, we have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, opinion, probably just hair. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what I, I never, like, up until I started po- posting these things when I'm talking to you guys, I never fucking thought to ask. Like, I had more important shit I wanted to ask then what was fucking under Double D's hat? I could give two shits. Like I loved all the gags and the pranks whenever his hat would almost get lifted up or almost revealed. And it was always different. I liked that because it felt, it was fun. It was on the nose. I I saw what you were doing at such a young age, but I just don't understand the fat. There's two topics that always come up. And I asked Big Jim this and I never heard about it until I saw a question, but every time I post it, there's at least four of them up there. The Mm -hmm. Double D hat. And the other one was, and I couldn't find anything online about this whatsoever, at least from a reputable site. But did you, do you know anything about the special Ed episode that was supposedly done or supposedly thought of or some shit like that? Do you know anything about this? The special Ed episode? It was something to do with, um, I'm going to get fucking crucified. It was something to do with mental retardation. They were doing a play on words with special ed. It does not fucking exist. It's one of those things that goes down no. as urban legends, right? So the no. whole, I, exactly. I know I've, I've talked to sure. Mike, John, all these guys and everybody fucking says no, but I don't know why this one keeps sure. coming up either. No, no, no. I mean, I mean that it's just the name of that, but yeah. Uh, I mean, the, there are, <laughs> The movie, you know, the movie we did, uh, what was it called? The Great Big Show, Picture yeah. Show or whatever? Yeah, Great Big Picture Show. Um, there was like three storyboards. So <laughs> three, like it was three times as long. Like mm-hmm. we did, there's, there are, there are chunks of storyboard that have never been animated, but that's all I can say. Like, I don't know. There was never a special ed. Yeah, I don't understand people's fascination with that topic. Um, I just think it's in a world where somebody just came up. He's like, you know, what? I'm going to I'm going to throw my turd in the, in the shower, too. I'm just going to say some shit and then we're going to go from here and we're going to see what fucking happens. Right. I think I that's really my turn in the shower. Yeah, <laughs> I had to slide that one. That, that's what we call a call back there, Joel. I'm pretty sure you know what that is in your in your line of work. Um, yeah. But uh, th- there's a couple of these ones that are very, very convoluted. Um, uh, but yeah. some of them made really good questions. Um, yeah. So I am the BD, and this is coming from 
from Reddit. He said, as the show progressed and the characters developed along the way, would you say ideas yep. came to you more naturally about how to creatively slash cleverly portray how things should happen? And if you do, could you share any examples? I mean, it, it came into focus more because, I mean, some of the season one episodes are pretty hard to watch for really? us. Oh, I was about to say, it's fucking fantastic. I love that first season. There was some episodes where it's just like, holy fuck. Um, so yes, it did, come, it did come into focus because we knew we knew the, the dynamics, you know, um, and what not to do and what to do. Um, but at the same time, it also became harder because, you know, he didn't want, uh, Antonucci didn't ever want to repeat. He couldn't repeat things. Like, you, you know, those old Warner Brother cartoons where you just kind of do, it's the same joke, but it's like the different location and it's like yeah. the same timing and everything. And, and, or we even tried things where we like, I remember we tried to do a, like a busted, a busted gag where a house found, I think it was the episode rent to ed where the, the house was collapsing. And we did this thing where double D was standing and it did the, the side of the house and the window. Yeah. Dismissism, and then Anthony, she's like, "This is a Buster Keaton gag." No, no. <laughs> so he, like, so many times we would throw things at him. He's like, "No, we've done it before." Nope, nope. New, new. Please, new, new. It was always new. Um, so it was hard because it always had to be new, and it was had it had to be limited to character. Mm -hmm. We couldn't make a joke about like you noticed there was no technology. Yes. It was very time. Nothing, nothing trendy. Um, and we didn't like. He always used to say, like, we can't just have them doing amazing things. Mm -hmm. It has to come from character. Yeah. Um, so it was always it was always really hard to figure out on many levels. But at the same time, it came into more focused because we knew the parameters. The more it grew, and <clears throat> everyone contributed to it, like. Because um, Antonucci had an idea and he launched it and he, he set the parameters and we got to play within those parameters. And, and, you know, we would widen the parameters and bring it back in. And so, yeah, it was, it was truly our show. It wasn't just his, but like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It makes complete sense. You guys play in the sandbox for so long. You're obviously going to get used to doing I don't want to say used to doing the same things, but you're, you're used to drawing these characters. You're already in this, you know, collective and creative flow state. Essentially, you guys know what you want to say. You know how you want to say it. It might stumble here and there as far as like how to get to a specific point. But you guys have a general direction on where you're going. And like I said, that's what that's what I like so much about the show is it wasn't the same. There was no filler episodes in the show. It wasn't like, oh, they, I fucking saw this last season. And to find out that Danny was like, no, we need new, 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 new. We don't want to fucking sit here and do the same bullshit because what happens when you're stagnant? You die. If you die, you, nobody cares about you. But if you're always doing something new and what was so cool about the something new was the boiling line. And I talked to Big Jim and Jono brought it up. I never knew what it was called. I just knew you know, uh, the, the whole process, not the process behind it, but like Danny's meaning behind it was like a kid always has energy. Even when they're standing still, it's, they're always trying to explode. He's like, but it also keeps somebody's eye as well. So if something's always moving on a screen, you're less likely to look away. So it's another thing you guys did that I want to say 
changed revolutionized cartoons because nobody's done it since because we would know where it came from if you see you know a standard show now coming up with a boiling line around their characters you would know like oh they're fucking stealing this from these guys that worked on the ed boys um yeah. but you guys did what was crazy is you guys did so such inventive shit that nobody can use because they know 100 percent that like oh they fucking stole it from joel they stole it from big jim yeah. they stole it from yeah. danny these assholes you know but i mean it's an old animation trick but i think it was the first show to do it for mainstream animation you know what i mean like other other short films have used boiling lines and and things like that so yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I fucking loved it. Um, and then uh, from the same guy or girl, I'm not sure. So I apologize for misgendering you if I did. Um, how frequently, and I did that super sarcastically. I don't give a shit about that stuff. Um, I'll call you whatever you want me to call you. Just tell me ahead of time. But yeah. nonetheless, moving along, plowing ahead, if you will. Uh, how frequently yeah. did you find yourself laughing at the concepts as you drew them, especially knowing what would follow? Um, do you have any favorites? I mean, well, that's, I got to dig back into the past. Um, yeah, we laughed our asses off when we were doing our storyboards. Um, it was most exciting when they were done. And, you know, we would, usually Scotty would read the storyboard and it would be super funny. Um, and I know I'm asking you to think about think it was like, a long time ago, so I apologize. We were losing our shit when... Uh, Underwood did that sequence when the Eds go get old. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know when they're old. Yeah, <clears throat> we did all kinds of stuff. I think we we had like stuff that we couldn't do. Sometimes we would just present stuff, and we knew it was not going to make it in, but we presented it just because it was funny. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think Ed shit himself or something. I can't remember. <laughs> just so. he was so old. Yeah, uh, I think he actually did anyway, didn't he? I, I want to say some yeah, line of dialogue where he said there was because what because quite often we would do something that was out of bounds and it can't go in there. I mean, like you know what, we can take a slice up and sneak it in, or, or suggest it. Yeah, like it's funnier that it's suggested and we're not showing it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like yeah. horror. You know, it's scarier. Things are scarier when you don't see them. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I mean, sometimes it's funnier when you don't see it. it. It's it's a perfect example. I mean, you remember the movie Alien from back in the day? Yeah. You saw the alien, the actual monster for what? And at the end of the entire, like you didn't see the, the, the alien, the, the entire movie. And at the end, you see it for what? Like fucking three minutes, four minutes, maybe. And it's the suspense leading up to it. Like at any point in time, this asshole could pop out, scare the shit yep. and eat me, kill me. And he was doing it or she was doing it. Um, yep. But you weren't seeing it. So it's it. It lets your mind wonder or it lets your mind race. You're like, holy fuck, you're always on pins and needles. Um, so yep. I 100 percent agree with you. know, Suggestion is nothing, nothing but. uh a excellent way, I guess, is what I'm getting at to really get your point across. And especially when Ed shit his pants. But like you said, you didn't see it. You just implied or hinted towards it. So you let the There was a part two where where Eddie where Double D had like, you know, flab on his chin mm -hmm. because he was so old and Eddie hit it and it wrapped <laughs> around his head like a oh, just like I remember us just we couldn't breathe. We were laughing when he was presenting it. 
So funny. So um, during production, same person, did you keep a collection of any ideas or panels that didn't make one episode so you could pitch them for a different one? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, there was a lot of recycling. <laughs> a lot of stuff was thrown in the garbage. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure there were things like that we brought back, but we didn't like actually physically save something that we could put into a show. At least um, I'm sure it came up, but we didn't make an effort to do that. No. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you know, when, when, you, when boys and girls, when I'm asking these questions, just keep in mind, because there's been a few times where I've, I've asked questions and then somebody's like, nah, I don't remember this. It was like 20, 30 years ago. So just remember, yes. man, you're asking these guys to sit here and try to think of something on the spot. I don't give them any information because I want their organic, just their, their organic answer right away. I don't want them to yeah. sit here and really try to think about it. I want them to pull because usually the best things, the best thing about that is when they have to pull something like right out of the fly or right on the second, um, it's generally I don't want to say it's the best, but it's, it doesn't give you time to sit there like, oh man, I fucking second guess when I should have said this. And then generally that first time or that first story is the same thing with questions and answers. Generally, if you guess on something, the first answer is generally the right one. Then you go back and you think about it and then you change it and then it's wrong. But nonetheless, man, so don't get on to me or these guys about not being able to remember. Cause this is asking like somebody like, what'd you have for fucking breakfast yesterday? Or what'd you cook for breakfast at a restaurant you worked at four years ago? It's like, I don't fucking know, man. I've cooked a lot of breakfast as restaurants. Who the hell yeah. knows? So, I mean, it happens. But nonetheless, man, I appreciate the stories. Um, the, she's got two more. He or she, I'm not sure. Sorry. Um, two things. Uh, any, nope, we already told a funny story at the beginning of that. So you already got that one out of the way. Um, do, you <laughs> accept, <laughs> do you accept commissions? And she wanted, he, I don't know why I keep saying her. Um, they said, as a fan of the show, I would like to thank you all for the quality laughs and hope to meet you all someday. And then the last yeah. one was like, do you accept commissions? Like drawing Ed and Nettie for them? Is that what they mean? Or, or drawing other stuff? I'm not sure. After we get off of this, I'll, uh, I'll post that question to them because it's on Reddit. And uh, I'll ask. I, do, I mean, I do caricatures and I draw, I'll draw people for money. Uh, but I don't think I can... I, I don't know if I'm uh, if I'm uh, permitted to draw Ed and Nettie for money. I'm not sure. Oh, I mean, I I know. Um, just I don't I don't know. I'm not a lawyer or anything like this, but I know I've bought some stuff uh, from Comic Cons and stuff that people have drawn and made money on. But I'm I'm sure they just wanted to know if if they wanted to reach out to you. Um, sure. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. And going back to your characters, that is one of my favorite things to see on your on your Twitter. Whenever you post, I fucking love seeing. The characters you I keep fucking stumbling on the word. Caricature is it characters? Characters. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. I've been speaking English for 30, almost 32 years, Joel, and I fuck this word up all the goddamn time, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, I, that's one of my favorite things about Twitter is seeing the artwork that you're working on, that you're posting. And I'm not going to say that word again, so somebody's going to call me a stutter or some shit like that. So keep yeah. it up, man, because like I said, I really like those, I really like those art shares you post. Cool. Um, the next one. What was your favorite episode to board on? How long did it normally take on take to board each episode slash segment? Uh, well, we were given seven weeks, and I yeah. think it even got bumped up to nine weeks, which is insane. Um, and 
we weren't the greatest at deadlines because so some shows took longer yeah and uh it wasn't a good thing um antonucci had to pay he paid out of pocket that's another thing too is like um the show uh wasn't like the creativity like we we would not settle for um mediocre so if the show was mediocre um we would just keep hammering until it wasn't mediocre until it was super funny and it'd be super late and he would get in tons of trouble and he'd have to pay out of his pocket yeah she loved what he did and he paid for it <laughs> so um seven weeks nine weeks and what show that i looking on i really loved the alien episode that we did there was those there was like a two-parter i think it was like it was cartoon network had a challenge where each show hooked up to the next show mm-hmm. um and i think like jim partner did one we did one and i think you know kids next door did one. Oh yeah the team up the crossover um and then like maybe there was another another show i can't remember i think powerpuff was on by that point or anyway yeah it was the alien episode so we had to kind of we had to like spoof a genre and uh yeah it was kind of we, we aka was competitive with other that we had a competitive edge to aka we always like everyone was the other you know like we want to we want to make we wanted to be punk rock you know counterculture and make something super different than everybody so we were like we got to make the best cartoon out of everybody out of all of them so i think it was the alien one for sure yeah it, uh, there's a big old crossover um with three or four shows um fantastic by the way you guys had the better of the episodes just saying yeah um so <laughs> jesus the space cowboy from reddit some of these handles are fantastic man yeah jesus um, is- yeah, Jesus the Space Cowboy. Uh, I think that's the the that's thing. That's the name of my book. Whenever I write one, um, yeah. Were there any characters that were designed but eventually scrapped? Edit. Never mind. Probably not a storyboard artist question. I saw artists and was like, I wonder if there is any missing Peach Creek residents. Nonetheless, I like how this guy corrected himself mid question and then went on a tangent. So nonetheless, Jesus the Space Cowboy. I'm ask, asking your question. Was there any characters that were originally drawn out but scrapped it uh, before no. made the final cut? No. But I mean, we showed it. Mm-hmm. Eddie's mom's, uh, Eddie's dad's arm. Mm-hmm. And we showed Ed's mom. We showed her arm. Um, and I don't know if we showed Double D's. I think there was always a joke that Double D's parents were never home. Yeah. And Double D uh raised himself basically <laughs> and or and they that's i think that's where the post-it note thing came in because they were always like they always went to work and his life was dictated by post-it notes so whose idea was that post-it note because i've heard post-it notes but like i told you earlier you look like you drew this with your ass so you wanted to put that in there yeah 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 i think it was yeah i think it was danny it was it was always a thing like the post that was part of double d's uh character profile now with uh, i've asked this because the only reason I, I keep digging for more stuff is because mike started this with uh mike was the first guy i talked to mike kubat um yeah. 
and he was the first guy I talked to, and he would tell us that you guys had a board for hate mail. You remember this? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Did <laughs> did you say? Yeah, did. did you save any of any specific hate mail? Was any hate mail directed towards you, or do you have any of Danny's post? I'm pretty sure you don't. It probably just trashed through it away. Um, but any post of notes that Danny might have written on, written on any of your boards, did you save any of those? I saved one that said really? funny. Really? It said funny. Nice. Yeah. I got a post-it on the front of the board and it said funny or funny board. And I was just like, and all of us were. <gasps> it was like dad was proud, right? <laughs> yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, we all, we all had our, our, um, uh, learning curves. And I think mine was a little bit of one of the last ones to curve out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think he was giving me my accolade and I was like, Oh, I made it. <laughs> Did you call mom and dad say I made it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh man. No. I wouldn't have, I would have, I would have fucking, yeah. do, you, do you still have that post-it note? I think I do. I have like a, a yeah, when, when Ed and Eddie was ending, I photocopied a bunch of stuff. So I think I still have it, yeah. That is awesome because you're like the first person I've actually talked to that had any of Danny's posted notes that he actually, uh, they actually saved. Um, and that, that's, that's fucking cool, man. It's something that to most people might not seem like much, um, but it's something that inspired you or you're like, Oh fuck, I did something good. Like, like I'm pretty sure if you're anything, like if you're in any kind of creative field, you always have that question. Am I good enough? Am I doing what I'm supposed to? Can I be better? Yeah. Right. And I think that's yeah. what drives creative people. Cause working in the restaurant industry, like I do, I'm sitting here. I'm like, fuck dude. Everybody says they love this dish. Right. I know it could have used more salt. It could have used more acid. It could use more fat, could use more insert, whatever. Right. And I'm pretty sure you guys are the same way. Like, Oh fuck, man. I could have drew that a lot more cleaner. I could have drew it a little bit crisper. I could have drawn that just a little bit more anatomically correct or something fucking stupid like that. That you, you have these thoughts in your head when you're trying to fall asleep or you're trying to take a shower or you're trying to take a shit. Oh yeah. yeah. Stories aren't connected. So you're always having this, this brought back to you, you know, like, like, fuck man, what, ah, you know, so it's, it's, it's that it's nice to know that, it, I don't want to say your highest moment, but I'm pretty sure it was a super, super high moment during that time. You're like, yep. fuck, man, this dude acknowledged that what I did was funny. And it feels like, shit, man, I am doing something good. Right. So, I, like I said, you're the first person that actually said, yeah, man, I got one of those still. And I, I, I appreciate the fuck out of that, Joe. I really like that. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite? This is from the Anarchy Madman. He must be a punk rocker, too. Um, what was his favorite background art? I'm assuming what, what was your favorite, favorite background, background art to draw? I'm assuming is what he's asking. Background art to draw. Mm. Oh, like which location that I like to draw? Yeah. Like, I think of the show? It's, it was a very, very um, generic question and some of it was misspelled. Well, no, it's spelled uh, right. Um, so yeah, we'll just go. What was Ed, your favorite background to draw? I think Ed's room. Yeah. Ed's room was really fun uh, because it all, had all the monster... Uh, yeah. monster movie stuff and the tiki masks on the wall and um he was so boy you know like basement uh and his bed was was rectangle eddie's bed was hard because it was like a circle but eddie's be bedroom was funny because it was like 
uh, it's seventies porno pad. Yeah, Don Juan like yeah. disco balls and lava lamps and yeah stuff like that. Yeah, so I'd say Ed Ed room. Do you? Yeah. Did you ever watch Family Guy? I did a little bit. Yeah. I yeah. feel like Danny's got a case if he says Quagmire copied Eddie's room. So. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, Quagmire always had that heart-shaped bed. He always had a disco ball. He would come in, and then he'd sit there and bounce, and he'd push a little button, and shit would fall down. I think Quagmire yeah. is Eddie as, as an adult. Um, nonetheless, man. So we're going to move on to Savage Prism. Sure. Um, I'm pretty sure you already answered this question, um, but uh, let's, let's, we'll just go to, like, when and how did you first meet Danny before being hired to work on Ed, Ed, and Eddie? Uh, I never met him before at okay. Eddie. I met him when I applied, when I got the job. Um, I almost didn't get the job too. Um, yeah. Uh, Underwood, uh, Woody, and my friend Rob Boudelier, um, a bunch of other people got the job and I didn't quite get it. I Yeah. And then when I got it, I, yeah, that's when I met Danny. Well, I'm glad you got it, man. Uh, yeah, that's what I, yeah, it, it, I really cut my teeth there. That's for sure. Like I said, you guys, you guys have all writers, artists, all of you guys, you guys all, like I said, are not just such great people, but you guys, you guys had something fucking special there to make the art, to make, just to make this fucking cartoon is essentially what I'm getting at. You guys had something special there. And it really started, like I said, from the top and it filtered down from Danny to you guys and you guys to whoever else. I mean, you guys really did something. And it sounds like I'm flating the fuck out of you here, Joel, but you guys yeah, no, really did something fucking special, man. And I don't think any cartoon since then, I mean, you could probably go into maybe gumball or maybe adventure time or, you know, maybe something like that, but nothing has the, the, the power or the, or nothing has the extension that you guys had. Nothing has a longevity. You guys did. I mean, you guys, like I said, with the, and don't take cross, don't cross drop. It it crosses to, it's kind of like it, it, it it resonates with more people. You know what I mean? It's it's not super niche. Yeah. You know, like anime is neat. Anime is niche. Mm -hmm because it's anime and you have to love anime and I, I i like miyazaki but i'm not i don't really like anime you know i'm not gonna watch it you know and yeah. uh but ed and eddie had a new style so it wasn't like something like well i don't know i mean cart maybe if you don't like cartoony maybe you don't like it but mm. i think yeah it reached i think it reached a wider audience just because um there was, was a more about everybody well, it's like puberty's unforgiving, and it was yeah. just the basic, you know, the kids have nothing to do. It's summer vacation when um, they're wasting their days away, and they were all free, free range chickens, right? Like they just yeah. got to like that was their world, and there was nothing to do, and they just made shit up, and yeah, and always wanted money, and that's that's basically it, you know. It was, it was kids being kids, man. Like you were saying, you had to draw stuff to keep you entertained. You had to draw stuff because you didn't have the movies and the shit that we didn't have Netflix and Hulu and all this other crazy shit to keep, to keep yourself entertained or to keep your mind going. 
you had to entertain yourself. And that's what fucking struck so hard. And I didn't think about it like that until you mentioned that. Like these kids really had to do something because they weren't sitting around playing video games. They weren't playing TV. You know, we weren't watching TV. They were out doing adventures. What kids used to do back in the day, you'd have to come up to shit because your parents would say, fuck off, come back when the lights are coming on, that type of thing. At least my parents did. I mean, my mom did. She was like, you better be home before the street lights come on. Um, You know, and I watch TV and shit like that too. But I mean, you know, for the most part, it was go out, you know, hang out with your friends, that type of shit. Um, Stuff that most kids don't really do these days. Um, And that's, like I said, that's what struck a chord so much. And like I said, until you said it, I was like, fuck, dude, that's that's some deep shit, Joel, man. I didn't think about it that way until you said it. So I appreciate the fuck out of that. Well, yeah, and I mean, back to uh, that episode rent a ed we had johnny two by four and um the eds needed to run into johnny two by four and we're just like well what is johnny two by four doing you know like is he just walking down the street what is he doing and we're like no we had a a storyboard supervisor and his idea was like we'll just put up a tree in his and he stuck and his head's so big (laughs) and he's like he's okay with it and uh, Plank was on the ground, and he said, like, go get help, Plank. And Plank is just a board. <laughs> right? really, it's a real lassie moment. But we never explained how he got the tree, and he was just his head was stuck in the tree, and it was a joke about his head being huge. There was always that joke. And it's just like a little kid, you know, like you caught in the tree. Yeah. It, it's it's nothing short of fantastic. We just got a couple more here, and then, uh, and then we'll wrap sure. them up, man. Um, uh this one's a fun one it's from uh savage prism still he's got a three-parter here he's like when the show oh fuck man he or she when they said when the show originally first started how long did you think it was going to last well we had it was already decided that it was four seasons Mm -hmm. so we thought it was that was it okay and i think well the history is exactly Cartoon Network wanted more. Uh, so Danny agreed to bring it back for five and six yeah. and the big picture show. Um, and that's why the newest season was at the school mm-hmm. where, where he brought in school. So he wanted, he wanted to keep it evolving and make it new. So, yeah, we didn't know it was going to go past war. I, I'm very glad it did. Like I said, it, it felt like I hope it comes back. Essentially, is what I'm getting at. And with it being on HBO Max, and a and I mean, when it hit HBO Max in January, Ed Ed and Eddie was trending for fucking hours all over really? online between Twitter. Like everybody was going ape shit because you know, like oh shit, I remember this show from when I was a kid. Now it's on HBO Max. Now I can fucking watch. Now my kids are watching this shit, right? So. You know, it was it was trending quite big, and I'm I'm hoping that it'll hold out hopes because if, if you're a Netflix guy or a Netflix girl at home, you know Rocco got a not a reboot, but it got you know a yeah a reboot a reboot to it to an extent. Invader Zim got a reboot to an extent. Hey Arnold got a movie. You know, all three of these guys got a movie, and all three of those shows had been off for shit well at a decade. I mean, Rocco was out before 2000, so going on 20 plus years at that point um you know and all of them got a comeback so i'm hoping that fucking danny's going to be calling you in a couple of weeks say hey we're getting the band back together um we're going to go mm-hmm. write some more shit so hopefully that'll happen 
Um, but during your time on the show, and this is the last one from this person, um, during your time working on the show, did you ever get to own slash keep any memorabilia, toys, shirts, animation cells, etc.? Oh, yeah. Um, this is a cell that I have. It's a cell. Um, season one. Uh, it's when Eddie finds that hypnotizing thing in his hand. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think basically he wanted to get money or something from it. Dude, those are fucking gorgeous. Like, uh, Jono showed me his, and I think Mike showed me his too. Um, I can't remember if Big um, showed me his. It was the last show. Um, here, I'll put it down. Um, it was the last show to be animated on cell. Yeah. I'm glad it was, man, because I mean, I'm not glad that it was the last show because I, I think there would be a huge benefit for coming back. And uh, John showed me a shirt. It's like, oh, fuck, was it? Fuck digital art is what it said. And it was AKA shirt um, is a black shirt with the uh, AKA logo on it. And it said, fuck digital art. I thought that was really cool. No, fuck digital draw. Yeah, yeah. Fuck digital draw. There, that's what it was. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was a cool it was a cool T-shirt. Um Oh, I have this thing. Maybe other people had it. I don't know. It's like a maquette. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've seen that one going around, too, man. That's fucking dope as hell. Yeah. Pretty heavy. It looks like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, Antonucci gave us presents all the time. Like... They were they were AKA things though, like have AKA condoms. Yeah, John showed me that. I, I fucking almost died rolling out of my chair seeing that shit. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, I wouldn't go and use it, man, because if anybody was poking holes in condoms, I'm pretty sure it was somebody at AKA, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, so, oh man, I can't pronounce this one. Ten minutes, I think. Um, what another double D's hat question? But what came to thought when deciding double D's headwear? I think it was just shape. The, mm -hmm. And it was also the, the time of, because if you look at Ed and Eddie, Eddie's square, Ed's a triangle, and Double D's basically a circle with like a, yeah. with the hat circle. It's a, I think it was design. And it was also, it was the late 80s or late 90s. I meant, I keep saying that, late 90s. Um, that was the connection that, you know, Call them Dukes, but they're you know what I mean? Baggy clothes, oversized clothing, and and beanies, and yeah, yeah. that's it. All right, and then the the next one was who was your favorite character development throughout the series? Character development. I I always said like I I came loaded with this answer is that I think it was Eddie. Mm -hmm. Eddie was like my favorite character. Um, and his development, he was kind of, I don't know if, did Eddie develop? I guess I mean, he kind of developed. He got more, what's the word? I don't want to say he was more heartfelt towards the end, but he first, oh man, I want to say, yeah. I mean, if anybody didn't have, and this, this always sounds bad. Like I hate criticizing what you guys do because 
I'm not in the industry and I don't think I really have a voice. I'm a consumer, dude. I love every fucking thing you did. So when I have to sit here and try to think if one character did or didn't, I just fucking love the cartoon. Like I, I, if I could get away with not having to rate or review anything ever, I would be super excited for it. But I hate when somebody, like somebody always asked that question, like who had a better character development? I don't, I want to, I don't want to say this to sound mean or anything like that to any of the writers or anybody else I've had on. Cause like I said, this show is in my opinion, perfect. But if anybody yeah. didn't have character development, I would assume it would have been Double D because he was the same guy. But all of these characters were the same people. But that's what made well, him so D, fucking, huh? Double D was funny because he, there, like he was the smart, shy kid. Yeah. Um, and he was like the voice of reason, and he, you know, there was a there crickets. was a trap there that we never wanted to get into because he was smart and. And want him to be boring and like a kind of a stick in the mud. Yeah. Um, because he kind of always went along with things. But as as time went along, he became <clears throat> kind of more sarcastic. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, they would Eddie and Ed would just do stupid shit and double D be like, oh boy, here we go again, you know. Yeah. Or he or she would or he would dig. Eddie, like he would say these sarcastic comments and they, and it would go over Eddie's head and, you know, because Double D was so smart. Um, yeah, he was pretty, pretty awesome. Ed, I, Ed didn't really have any development. No, but I, I just don't think he, that's why I say like, I, I, I look at it as a strictly a consumer base, man. Cause if, if something, if I don't like something, right, I'm not one of those guys that's going to say, you know what Joel should have done with this artwork is like, I don't, I don't get that. It's not constructive criticism. I'm not in your line of work. I don't think I should be offering something like that because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, Joel. I just want to say, Hey man, I like this. And if I find something that I don't like, I essentially chalk it up to, Oh man, it just wasn't made for me. There's hundreds and thousands of things out in the world that just aren't, I'm not into Barbies. So why would I go and write a negative review on a Barbie on a Barbie? Makes yeah, no yeah, sense. Yeah. It's the same thing when it comes to animation and cartoons. If I don't like something, I'm just going to vote with my eyes. I just don't watch it. Um, and when it comes to something like, like I don't look at it super nerdy, like, oh, who had the best character development? And this is an outstanding question. I'm not demeaning um, a Rand Mauser, Muser, a Rando Muser is the name, 8219. So there was 800 or 8,218 of those before she got to her name. And I keep saying, mm-hmm. her, I'm sorry if you're a man, but um uh, you know, I, I, it's just so hard answering that question. Cause like I said, I don't work in the industry and what you guys do. I don't, I don't know what you guys do. You guys draw some shit and that's not demeaning what you do. You guys draw some shit. You guys write some shit. I cook some shit. I mean, if it's good, it's good. And like I said, it's been pretty fucking good. Every episode I've ever seen, never had an issue with it. And I've watched every single episode. So obviously yeah. it was for me. Um, it's just one of those questions. It's very, very weird. Um, we already answered that one from Andrew TRM um we answered that one. Oh, this one's always fun because every single writer so far has answered the same question but i'd love to see what you said who is your least favorite character does it rhyme with jazz naz you're saying does it does it i didn't want to call her name out i was just saying does it rhyme with jazz <laughs> no way naz naz was uh New way, Nas. We just do impressions of Kevin. Who's my least favorite? I don't know, Sarah. Oh, really? Yeah. She scared the fuck out of me as a kid, man. 
the absolute shit out of me. Like when they, when they stole or when his parents took away Ed's staircase, that is the most yeah. depressing in punk rock metal, whatever you want to fucking call it. Like you live in the basement and you're taking your stairs. I, that was my storyboard. Really? Uh, yeah. It is fantastic, man. And that came, that, that gag was birthed out of, I think, group, a group decision. I can't remember. Someone it just popped out of someone's mouth at a meeting. It was grounded and they stared away. It's just so it's so fucked up, but it's so funny because it you can't do you can't take somebody. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there that's taken somebody's kid stares away before in real life, but it's so fucking absurd and so far out there. And um <laughs> it, it, it's, it's one of my favorite things uh i feel like we've answered that question or yeah we've we've asked that question and answered that question um and this is the last one um which episode took the longest to make and how long did it take uh i'd <laughs> say rent to ed rent to ed <laughs> um you remember how long it took it and why it took so Woody long? Woody and I did it. Woody and I did it. And uh, I think we did it twice. Mm -hmm. The first storyboard was a flop. And then the second one was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and De Danny was not happy because it was going over budget and over time. And, mm. But uh, it ended up being one of the favorite episodes of season one is Rent Ed. It's, it's when I pose that question, like what was everybody's favorite episode? That one comes up. Vert Ed is another one. Um, and then Mission, was it Mission Impossible or Mission Ed Possible or something along those lines? Um, that one was mine too. Yeah, those were those were like the, the top three um, out of all the things. Man, we just did like an hour and almost did two hours. Well, no, we started a little bit late. So about an hour and 45 minutes, man. How do you feel, man? Was it fun? Uh, I always yeah, like it was fun. Yeah, I always like asking that question because I'm waiting for that one person to say, no, it sucked. I'm like, well, I'm not releasing your episode. No, I'm just kidding. I don't give a fuck. I had fun nonetheless, yeah. man. Um, this is always, I'm trying to do this less towards the end of the episodes because I feel like it always makes the guests uncomfortable, man, because I always go and say like how thankful I am for, for you know, for you guys coming on, for the shows you guys did and all the artwork and all the writing and everything you guys did, man. So I'm going to try it now, but like I said, man, I really appreciate because I'll go on to fucking five, 10 minutes worth of saying, oh, it was so great. Oh, man, my life was so much changed and all this other crazy shit, which really was, man. I really enjoyed what you guys did. Um, yeah. You guys gave me something that was so fun and so entertaining, not just as a child and as a teenager, but as an adult, man, like I'll go back and rewatch this series every few years. I mean, uh, I'm finishing up with another show and then Ed's, Ed, I went and bought everything that they had on uh, iTunes um and then of course fucking hbo max goes and releases all of it the bastards um which yeah. i'm happy that i'm happy i'm happy they did because like i said there's yeah. a whole new generation of people that won't buy this shit um that'll go out and they'll just watch it on a streaming network and then there'll be a whole new generation of fans coming yeah out the well that's what it was what was intention the intent the intention was it that it could span the generations you know what oh, i mean like it, it wasn't it will yeah. I, I, I honestly think if there's any show that will stand the test of time, it's the Ed Boys. And like I said, what you guys did is nothing short of amazing, nothing short of, you know, just fucking awesome. If I can, if I can talk really stupid for just a second, man, it was just yeah, yeah. fucking fun. 
at the end of the day, man, it was a cool show that all of my friends back in the day just loved watching, man. We would talk about it at school. You know, we would talk about what we would do if we were in that position. Like, oh, man, you guys have really tried to build a roller coaster. Like, fuck no, I'm afraid of heights. We're not doing that shit. That's just cartoon stuff. We're we're real people. We fall, we die. You know, so it was it was always stupid shit like that. But this show brought like so many conversations, you know, to the lunch table when we'd just be sitting around, you know, middle school talking about this shit, man. Um, That means a lot because we, you know, we, we were in Canada and we made, we were making the show in Canada and everything was done in Canada. I mean, except the animation. So writing everything, music, and then it was gone. Yeah. And we didn't have it in Canada. It didn't air in Canada and we didn't have the internet. So we didn't know what you guys were thinking of it. We just got numbers. Cartoon Network would tell us what the ratings were and we only got ratings and then there was there was a few like message boards where people Mm -hmm. would would write their own reviews on the episodes but that was near the end so we had no idea how it like we knew people liked it but we had really had no idea and we always wanted to know what people thought so well, now, man, like I said, last year, I had this thought to start this podcast. And I don't know if you're an NBA fan, but I'm pretty sure you knew Kobe Bryant died last year. Um, yep. And this, I heard this song right after. And um, I'm not sure if you're into hip hop or anything like that. I, I like a whole bunch of different kinds of music. But there was this artist out there, and his name is Joyner Lucas. And he did this song called Will. It was about Will Smith. It was it, Will Smith was his inspiration of making music and having somebody to look up to. It was it was like his version of Kobe. And he had this line in the song called Will. It was, um, you know, give them a rose while they're still here with with the sentiment being behind, man. Tell them thank you while they're still here. Tell them that you appreciated them while they're still here, because when they're gone, regardless of them not knowing, man, you won't be able to say thank you for everything that they did man so like i said this is always the most uncomfortable part mainly for the guests not for me because i just don't give a shit but like i said thank you for everything that you guys have done man um it's been a fun talk with you i i I love when you guys come on because you guys got some of the craziest the craziest stories i've ever heard the funniest stories i've ever heard and you guys set a pace that cartoon network has not and unless you guys come back on to do a reboot will not meet ever again man and nothing more than 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 this podcast this talk has has really taught me is you guys did what most people won't be able to do their entire life you guys got to say everything you really wanted to say i'm pretty sure you guys still got more you could say and more you want to say but at the end of the day you guys got to say everything you wanted to say and there's not very many people that can go out there and say i got to say or i got to do what I essentially wanted to do or what I set out to do. And it just goes to show what a testament that, that not only your artwork, but the writing and Danny's leadership and all this other stuff went into such a great and fantastic cartoon. And Joel, long way of saying thank you for what you did. Oh man, that means a lot because yeah. I mean, it, it, like I said, it was a lonely island, Canada. <laughs> we had no idea. I mean, we, we knew it was good. That's really, really, really good to hear. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad, you. man. Like I said, I'm glad you decided to come on. Um, no pressure, man. You got to beat out Mike Kubat's numbers. You got to beat out Big Jim's. I'm going to put you guys back into a wrestling ring, essentially, for ratings. Yeah. Um, 
So ho- hopefully, hopefully this will this will this will spark some kind of interest as far as the Ed Boys, um, just bringing it back up, talking about it, doing what you did so many years ago by writing in your little book, saying I'm gonna be an animator. I'm gonna write down on my book right here. It says I want to see new Ed Boys, man. Um, yeah. Thank, like I said, thank you again, man. He's been Joel. First off. I'm fucking rude, man. Joel, where can people go to find you if they want to say, hey, man, I like your artwork or, hey, man, I want to get some commissions done by you. Where can they go to find you? Uh, well, Instagram is Joel underscore E underscore D E E. Okay. So Joel E D. Um, and I think that's basically what, and on Twitter, it's the same thing. J-O-E-L-L-Y-D-E-E on twitter yeah that's the best place and there we go man he's been joel i've been julian joel wait one just second after i hit pause i want to i want to just want to give you a little bit of information right after uh but he's been joel i've been julian this has been what's in my head we're out of time man meet your heroes because they're fucking fantastic thanks again for checking out the what's in my head podcast if you're digging what you're hearing leave us a five-star rating that will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.